Mark chapter 3 is where we'll be today. And today we're going to be talking about the secret place. The secret place. And this is something that I, I can genuinely say has changed my life. The secret place has changed my life. Uh, I, I always knew, and many, of the, and many of you in this room probably know this to be true as well, that it is extremely important to spend time with God. To spend time with God, right? We, we know that to be important. It's not as though that's some, some mystery to us as Christians. We know that we should spend time with God. If we're going to be spiritually healthy, then it will require us spending time with God. Uh, we know that if we are to be uh, healthy individuals, right, then we need to eat well, we need to exercise, we need to do all those things, right? But there's sometimes such a disconnect between what we know to be important and true and the way our lives actually play out, right? I know, I know that it is important to be healthy and to eat well and to exercise, yet I am not a model of physical health. Like, I'm just not when it comes to spiritual things. I know, I absolutely know that it is important to walk closely and intimately with Jesus. But my life doesn't always reflect that. So the question is then, what, what is that? Why is there that disconnect between what we know to be important and true and the way our lives actually play out? The way we actually go about living our lives. We're not the only people to feel this disconnect. In fact, Paul felt it as well. In the book of Romans uh, chapter 7, starting in verse 14, he says this. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would not, that I do not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwells no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. That is a difficult passage to read. There's a lot of would not do, I do, is not. Like it's really difficult to read. Sounds almost like it should be in a Dr. Seuss book. But here's what Paul is saying. He's saying, listen, there's this disconnect. I know there's the things that I should do. There's these things that I know are important. I should do those things, but those are the things that I end up not doing. And then there's things that I know I should not do, but those are the things that I do. I, I don't get it. And the answer is, the reason for that is because of our flesh, because of our sin. We're sinful people. And that is where that disconnect comes into play. Our flesh is sinful, and it leads us to do the things that we don't want to do. Uh, maybe you're like me, and you grew up in church. I grew up in church. I went to Christian school, and then I went to Christian college, and then I studied ministry at that Christian college. And, and from the outside looking in, I should have had this really close and intimate relationship with God. I mean, I had been saved from the time I was like five years old, and now I'm, you know, 20 years old. I'm at a Christian college. I'm studying to go into ministry. I should have a close walk with God. But I didn't. I just didn't. And maybe you're here today, and you know you should have a close walk with God, but, but you just don't. 
You know that it's important, yet there's a disconnect. You're not, you're not doing it. And so today, that's what we're going to talk about. For me, it wasn't until I was in college that I finally began to have a consistent quiet time. A quiet time, devotions, walk with God, they're all, all the same thing, all spending time with God. Uh, it was in college, and I, I, I assume I, I had heard a message or a teaching or something that was probably similar to this one that, that really inspired me and encouraged me that, man, I, I don't have this, and I should. And so I began to have a consistent quiet time with God. Uh, for me, uh, again, I was at college, I was living on campus, so I lived in a dorm room with three other guys. Uh, as you can imagine, the smells in that room were amazing. Um, <laughs> But that's where I was. And so it was difficult to, to be alone, right? Because you're living with three other dudes in like 200 square feet or something like that. So I uh, began searching for a place that could become my secret place, my spot to go and have a time with God. I lived in a building called Young Tower. And at the top of Young Tower, there was nine floors. At the top of Young Tower, if you went to the stairwell, uh, you could go up and then you could go up one more floor. So it was like there was another stairs, like it was going to like a 10th floor. But there was no 10th floor. Uh, there was a ladder there with uh, access to the roof. I checked, it was locked. The roof was not gonna be my quiet place as much as I would have loved for that to have happened. The roof wasn't gonna be it. So I, I just found this spot and nobody goes, there's no reason to go up there unless you're going to the roof. So nobody would ever go up there. So I kind of made that spot my secret place. Uh, so I, would, I began then every morning I would go, I would get a cup of coffee and I had like a little Keurig in, my, in our dorm room. So I'd make a cup of coffee, I'd grab my Bible and I'd go up to that 10th floor landing area and I would spend time with God. I, uh, I worked in, in stage crew, so it, we did a lot of construction. I had access to different tools and materials and stuff. And so I, I, I had a scrap piece of plywood from one of the projects we were doing. I used the tools and I made this, I maneuvered like this board to become like a little desk basically for me. So I like pinned it between the railings and I had this little desk up there. I would sit, I would go up there with my Bible and my cup of coffee and I began to have a time with God a personal time with God. Again, I grew up as a Christian. I'd gone to church, but I never really had personally invested in a relationship with God. And I, I can tell you this now, being you know, five years into this and, and doing this as best I can, as consistently as I can. Having a consistent walk with God has changed my life. And I promise you, if you do it, it will change yours. And for those of you in the room who are already walking consistently with God, you know, you know that it has changed your life. It's changed the way that you view God, that you view the scriptures, because you have this walk with him. And I truly believe that consistently walking with God is one of the most transformative things that can ever happen in our lives. And so here's what we're going to do today. Uh, we have two things that we want to accomplish. The first one is this. We want to emphasize the importance of a quiet time with God. And then we're going to get really practical about how to have a quiet time with God. Okay, so we already know it's important. I want to just emphasize that just a little bit more. And then we're going to get really practical about what that actually looks like. So Mark chapter 3 is where you should be. Mark chapter 3. And we're going to look starting in verse 13. It says, and he, being Jesus, goes up into a mountain and calleth unto him whom he would. And they came unto him. So Jesus has these people following him. He calls these 12 to come and be his disciples. Verse 14, and he ordained 12 that they should be with him and that 
uh, and that he might send them forth to preach and to save power and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. So he tells them, hey, I'm calling you 12. You are specifically going to be my disciples. I'm appointing you to some very special things. And here's what you're going to do. You get to go out and you're going to preach the gospel. Not only that, you're going to heal sickness. Not only that, you're going to cast out devils. I get to preach the gospel pretty frequently and I love doing it. It's one of my greatest joys in life. I I absolutely love it. However, I have never healed somebody of their sickness and I have never cast out a devil. Sounds pretty cool. I mean, that's like, and that's what Jesus is telling them. Hey, listen, I'm sending you out and you're going to do these things. You're going to preach the gospel. You're going to heal sickness. You're going to cast out devils. This is what you're going to do in this time. And he calls them to some very powerful things. But it's not the first thing that he calls them to. It's not the ultimate thing that he calls them to. You see, Jesus gives these disciples a primary calling that is also our primary calling as Christians. Look at verse 14. And he ordained the 12 that they should be with him. That they should be with him. Before he tells them you're going to go and preach the gospel, before he tells them you're going to heal the sick and cast out devils, he says, you're going to be with me. You need to spend time with me. You need to walk with me. You need to be with me. He calls the disciples to be with him. And before any other calling that God puts on your life, he calls you to spend time with him. You see, God wants to reveal himself to us. He wants for us to know his purpose in our lives. He wants for us to know how much he loves us. And he wants us to love him more. He wants us to experience the joy and the peace that he offers. He wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be a bold witness, to wield the sword of scripture. He wants those things for us. But those things don't happen if we don't walk with him, if we don't spend time with him. So if we were unsure before, Hopefully by now we understand that spending time with God is important. In fact, it's our first calling. It's the first thing that Jesus calls them to. Having the secret place, this quiet time with God, is what prepared Daniel for what he faced in his life. If you've been here the last few weeks, we just finished up a series called Brave that Pastor Tony was preaching and going through all about the story of Daniel and about how we like to look at, you know, the lion den moment where he's in the lion den and then he's delivered from that. But we, we fail to, to, to observe what he did before to get to that point, that three times a day he was seeking God. Pastor Tony used the, the illustration of lifting the weights so that each time he's, he's lifting the weights, every day you're getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And when you get to the difficulty, you have the strength to go through it. This quiet time, this is a part of that. It's our first calling. It's what prepared Daniel. It will be the same thing that prepares us for the difficulties that we face. So we emphasize the importance. Now we need to look at what it means. So the question is, what does it mean to spend time with God? What does it mean to spend time with God? Uh, Jesus is preaching in uh, Matthew chapter 6. This is known as the Sermon on the Mount. And in Matthew chapter 6, he addresses this same subject. He says this, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 and 6. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. 
You see, the first thing that, that we know when we ask the question, what does it mean to spend time with God, is that it's being alone with God. Being alone with God. It's not a public gathering. This is great. This is the church. We're having church right now. We're glad that you're here. But this, this is not your personal time with God. This is being the church. This is doing what the church is called to do. But as Christians, we're called to have a close walk with God. We're called to to spend time with Him on our own. You see, going to church is not a substitute for walking with God. Going to church is going to church, as you should. But walking with God is spending time with Him yourself. It's being alone with God. He says, uh, go into your closet and shut the door. For me, while I was at college, it was go into the young tower stairwell, go up to the 10th floor, like no man's land, make sure nobody's there and seek me there. That's what it was for me. It was getting alone with God. What does it mean to spend time with God? It's being alone with God. Secondly, it's this, it's a personal commitment to God. You see, Daniel, back to the story of Daniel, he would pray to God three times a day like he had in the past is what it said. Like he had in the past. He had a commitment to God to do this. He was committed to this. You see, this isn't something that that is just going to happen if you're just kind of half-heartedly going after it. You need to be committed to this. You need to be committed to this relationship that you're building and growing with God. The third thing is this. It's allowing God to speak to you and speaking back to God. Allowing God to speak to you and speaking back to God. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says this. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. How many of you have ever been, uh, you've been reading something in scripture and it's like, just like a dagger to the heart, like, oh, I'm not living the way the Bible tells me to. Anybody? Yeah, like it happens, right? And every time that happens, I think, oh man, Isn't that just like the Bible? Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, convicting. This is the way God speaks to us. It's through his word. That 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says this, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The Bible is our resource for this life. The Bible is God's book to us. He's the one telling us how we can live. He's telling us how we can live our life, and it's found here in the Bible, in Scripture. Bible reading is how God speaks to us, and then prayer is how we speak to God. It says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Be careful or be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Prayer. This is our time where we're talking to God. We're telling Him what's going on in our lives. We're thanking Him for His goodness. We're asking Him for wisdom. We're asking Him for healing. We're doing those things. We're, we're asking God. The Bible is how God speaks to us. Prayer is how we speak back to God. Let me challenge you with one last thing, right? Because uh, what does it mean to spend time with God? It's allowing God to speak to you and speaking back to God. I want to challenge you in one way. And I challenge you to, to step away from some, to step away from using devotionals. Devotionals are great. I'm thankful for devotionals. Here's why, though. 
Uh, we even have released some devotionals here at the church. We did one for missions. We did one for the Revive series that we did. And in the Revive one, I, was even, I even had the privilege of writing two or three of them. And I, I'm thankful for them. I'm glad that you did them. But here's the thing. When you did the devotional that I wrote, I'm glad that you did it. I hope it was helpful to you. Not only was it just time with you and God, it was time for you and God plus a little bit of me. Which isn't bad. That's okay. But here's what I'm challenging you with. Don't let that be the only time. Don't let it be that the only time you spend with God, there's also some other person giving input into it. Because there's something about when you read the Bible and you're just reading it, just you and God, and God speaks to you through his word and his word alone. Man, there's just something special, something powerful about that. So take time to make sure that it's just you and the Bible You see, the time that you spend with God sets the tone for the impact you can have for God. And if that statement is true, then we have to then understand how to actually spend time with God. How to have a secret place, right? Because we know that it's good to be healthy, but if you don't know how to eat right, how to exercise, how to do things that are healthy, then it's no good. We know that it's good to spend time with God, but if we don't know how to spend time with God, then it's no good. So we're going to get really practical. I love things that are very practical. I hope that you love things that are very practical. So we're going to dive right into it. And Daniel chapter 6, again, this is very familiar because we just went through this whole series talking about Daniel. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, it says this. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed. Let's talk about that writing real quick in case you're unfamiliar with the story. Uh, Daniel was somebody who worshiped God and three times a day he would seek God he would worship him there were some people who didn't like Daniel and so they went to the king and said hey can we sign a decree saying that no that nobody is allowed to worship anyone other than you for a certain amount of time the king was like yes absolutely because I would love for all the people to worship me he signs it oh and the punishment is if you worship anybody else other than the king during this time frame you'll get thrown into a den of lions Okay, so that decree had been signed. If you worship anybody else, you'll get thrown into a den of lions. Now let's read this verse again. Now when Daniel knew that the writing or the decree was signed, he knew about it. He went into his house and and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime or in the past. So when it comes to application, we're going to look at some things that Daniel did and apply it to our own lives. The first one is this, have a specific time, have a specific time. We're not told exactly the times that Daniel did, but we are told that three times a day, three times a day, he went and he would seek God. So for you, you should have a specific time, a time when you are entering into the secret place. Not only did Daniel have a specific time, but he had a specific place. He had a specific place. Every day he would go into his house. He would get on his knees at his windows facing towards Jerusalem. It was, it was this consistent habit that he had. He would go, kneel in his house, open the windows towards Jerusalem. Every single time he would do this. He had a specific time. He had a specific place. Uh, Daniel, his place was his house. He would go there. He would open the window. Multiple times in, in scripture you see Jesus getting away into the wilderness to go and seek God. Isn't that an interesting, you know, dichotomy there? Daniel would seek God in his house. Jesus would go out into the wilderness. He would go up into the mountains. He would go out into the desert, desert and that's where he would seek God. I, I like to think of Jesus as like somebody who likes to hike and enjoys nature. And he's out there and he's, that's where he's seeking God. 
He had a, a, set, a specific place, a set place. So you should have a specific time, you should have a specific place, and thirdly, you should make it the most important part of your day. Again, Daniel knew that the decree had been signed. He knew that it was illegal for him to worship God. He knew that if he was caught doing this, he would be thrown into this den of lions, and he did it anyway. Because it was such a priority in his life, he knew that it was that important. How important is it to you that you spend time with God? Is it really that important to you? I mean, Daniel's life was on the line and he still chose to do it. Our lives are not on the line to go and spend some time with God. How much of a priority do we make out of spending time with God? And I, hear me, I'm preaching to myself just as much as I am to you all. There are times where I just oversleep and it's like, well, missed it. Like, come on, like, make it a priority. You should spend time with God. This is your first calling. I, I hear people all the time say things like, well, I just, I just, I can't find the time to do it. We shouldn't be finding the time to do it. We should be starting with that and everything else kind of falls in afterwards. And I, I know that, that there are, are difficult work schedules and all of those things, but if this is really that important, then it should be that important. And, and we, should, we, should, we should not just make room, but like we need to start, start with, hey, when and where am I gonna spend time with God? How is that gonna look? And then let's make sure everything else in my schedule can fit. It's that important. And here's the last thing when it comes to application. And that is be creative. Be creative. You need to ask yourself the question of what, what works for you? There are some things that are, that are kind of un- unmovable, right? If you're going to spend time with God, then he has to speak to you. You have to speak to him. So you, you kind of like you need to read the Bible and you need to spend some time in prayer. That's, that's kind of some, some main components that can't really shift around. But everything else kind of can It really can switch around. The method in which you do it can change all around. What external things can you do to make this a time that you absolutely love to have? What can you do to make this a time that you love to have? Uh, I read a book called Atomic Habits. Any of you ever read that book, Atomic Habits? A couple people? Okay, good. It's a good book. It's written by James Clear. Uh, It's all about forming habits. It's uh, not a Christian book, but there are some great things that you could pull from it, apply to the Christian life. And he says there's four different parts to every habit. There's a cue, and then a craving, and then a response, and a reward. It's called this, it's like this habit cycle. So something cues the habit, and then you get the craving to do whatever the action is. Your response is you do the action, and then the reward is the action is done. You get to enjoy whatever it is. That gives you a dopamine hit to your brain, and then all of a sudden it's like, ooh, that was good. And it makes your brain want to do it again. Okay, so let me illustrate by uh, sharing with you a, a bad habit of mine. Uh, I have a habit of when, whenever we sit down and watch TV, I like want to eat food. Anybody else? You like to eat while watching TV, right? You like I sit down, turn on the TV, and it's like, what? Why is there not something in my mouth? Like, what's what's like? There's something missing here. And uh, so, let's look at this: cue, craving, response, reward. The cue for me: sit down on the couch, turn on the TV. It's like, ooh, like stomach starts growling right then. Like you want some food. The craving is right. You you want that food because you it was cued by turning on the TV. Now you desire the food. The response would be going and getting the food, and then the reward is eating the food and enjoying it. Right. So there's a cue, a craving, a response, and a reward. What about when it comes to your devotional life? When it comes to your time with God. Is there something that, that kind of cues it? 
does it build that craving? Is there some sort of reward? And we're getting really practical here, right? Because we understand the spiritual benefits of it. There is so much good from walking with God and ultimately and primarily that is the purpose. That is the focus, is the, the spiritual benefit of doing it. But there are other things that we can do to make this an enjoyable time. Okay, so I'm going to invite you guys into my secret place a little bit. So I have some teens who are going to help. They're going to bring out some stuff here. And uh, the stuff that they're going to bring out is what you would see uh, typically at my house. So if you were to go into my house and go down into our basement, uh, you would see these things in there. Uh, So I have a desk and a chair, mainly is what they're going to bring out. But I'm going to walk you through kind of what my typical morning routine would look like. Okay, uh, how many of you are shower in the morning people? Yeah, okay, that's me. I like to shower in the morning. Some people shower at night. That's totally fine. I like to shower in the morning. So I shower in the morning. Before I get in the shower, though, I go to our Keurig coffee pot and maker thing, and I make a pot of coffee, okay? But not just any coffee. I have my coffee that I like. It is uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company Silencer Smooth. It's a light roast. I really like, I just heard somebody clapping. There we go. Yeah, let's go. Uh, it, is, it is great coffee. If you like light roast coffee, it's the best. I, I, it, is, it is my favorite coffee. So I get that going. Then I go and take a shower while the coffee's brewing. I get out of the shower, get ready for the day and everything. And I come out, the house smells like coffee, right? What, a, what an amazing thing. It smells like coffee. And for me, that's one of those cues. I smell that coffee. Ah, I, I know that there's more coming. This is, it's just part of what I do in the mornings. And so then I, I go over, I pour myself a cup of coffee. I got my coffee mug here. I got our FBC one here to represent. Um, so I pour myself a cup of coffee. I go down into our basement. In our basement, there's a guest room. And if you walk into the guest room, you'll see this desk and there's a bed over there. And uh, so I walk into this room and I come to my candle here. This one is warm leather and amber. Yeah, sounds good, right? And I, I light this candle. I, I, I'm very much a scent person. I like scents a lot. I don't know if there's anybody else out there like that. I, I really like scents. So I like candles like this. So I light a candle. And again, that's just another thing that's kind of a cue in my mind, leading me towards something more than I'm doing. At that point, I'll, you know, take a seat here at, at my desk. And I, I forgot one thing. I, uh, I, I have my iPad with me as well. So my, my iPad... Uh, I can like take handwritten notes on my iPad and stuff. I really enjoy doing that, so I do that. Uh, so I bring it with me, and then uh, I, I like technology. So like, like I take notes. I'm not taking notes on paper. I'm taking notes on an iPad. So I, I take notes on my iPad. I have a, a little smart speaker here. It's an Alexa speaker. It's obviously not plugged in. But I have that sitting there, and I, I start off the morning, and I have a, a routine set up with my Alexa. And so I say, Alexa, quiet time. And what it does is I have a lamp here. It turns on the lamp. And then it begins to play some music, uh, just some soft kind of background music. Actually, it's very similar to like a pad and keyboard, similar to what uh, Mark is playing now. And it just kind of plays that in the background. And then it, it speaks back to me. It tells me something. I, I kind of typed it in to do this. And it says, remember, this is the most important part of your day. Start with prayer. And that's just that reminder to me of like, listen, before I do anything else, this is the most important thing is me having this time right now. And then I start with prayer. I, I open up, I just ask God to, to bless the day. I pray for my family, I pray for the church. I ask God to give me wisdom. If there's something on my heart that I wanna share, I, I share with God. 
I just spend time talking with God. And then I, uh, I take my iPad and I, I do a little bit of journaling. You can make fun of me all you want, but that's what I do. I do a little bit of journaling. I, I, it's like three to five lines sometimes, maybe as many as 10 if I've really got a lot to say. Uh, but usually I just write about the day that I had before. If I have anything going on that day, I'll write about that. I always, I always include the phrase, God is good somewhere. Because I, I want to remind myself that God is good. And there are days where I'm writing, man, yesterday was terrible. It was really hard. But to then write in at some point, God is good. And to remind myself that on the good days, on the bad days, he's good, he's there, he's present. It's a constant reminder to me. And then I, I get into my Bible and I have this Bible here that I read from. And as I read my Bible, I take notes on my iPad. Uh, I just went through First and Second Samuel. Now I'm in First Kings. I read First Kings chapter 14 this morning. Learned all about Jeroboam and Rehoboam, which is really confusing. Like it's just a different letter on the front, and you're somehow supposed to keep them separate. I don't know. It's difficult. Jeroboam and Rehoboam. That's what I read, and I take notes as I go through. And I, uh, I was talking to some of our teens about this, and I told them like, don't. Just so you know, my notes are not like groundbreaking notes. It's not as though I'm writing sermons when I'm, when I'm doing this. Like my notes are just kind of whatever thoughts come into my head. Sometimes they are groundbreaking, but more often than not, it's like, wow, Rehoboam was really stupid there. Like, like just stuff that I, that just stuff that comes into my head that I write down helps me focus. And I read from the Bible. I learn from what it has to say. If there's some sort of application, I write that down. And then I, I go from that and I, I write out my to-do list for the day. I ask God to guide me in what I should do, what I shouldn't do. I write down my to-do list of everything I need to get done that day. And then I have some, some daily declarations that I have. And these are just things where I'm declaring truth over the lies that the devil throws at me. Some things that he's worked in my head about. I have six different declarations. They just come as a form of a reminder. Again, I like technology, so they just come at me at 6.30 every morning. They go to me. And I, I say them out loud. And I'm declaring truth over the lies of the devil. And I do that, and it, it helps me. It helps me. And then from there, I, I might say one, one more prayer. If I have some time, I might listen to some worship music. Uh, and then I, I go upstairs, drive to work, I go about my day. And there's some, something profoundly simple but amazing that happens because I'm starting my day with the right focus. I'm starting my day in time with him. It's my first calling is to be with him. And, and I, I think we would all know, and anybody that's ever done this for any amount of time knows that there is some, some serious spiritual benefits, some serious uh, good things that God can do in your life in and through this time. I've had sermons come out of this time. I've had times where I've left and I just go up in tears. I'm like, Lydia, and I'm telling her what God did in my life. Because God's working. He's speaking to me through his word. I get to speak to him. So we, we know that there's those spiritual benefits. Let me tell you some of the practical things, though, that, that make this a time that I love. I've got my coffee, not just in, not Folgers, I got black rifle coffee, silencer smooth, the light roast, like the stuff that I like in a mug that I like to use. It's down in my basement. I like our basement. I like the candle. I like this candle and the scent. I like the scent of this candle. I have a few other candles. If I'm, if I'm feeling interesting that day, I'll switch it up. 
have uh, a couple of different other Bibles and sometimes I'll, I'll switch the Bible that I read between. I, I have this desk here. Uh, this desk is not anything crazy fancy, uh, but I, again, I, I have a little bit of experience with construction and woodworking and stuff. So I made this desk. I like this desk. That's why it's a little wobbly. But I, I, I made this desk and I, I, I like, I, I enjoy sitting here at my desk because I made it. I like it. I like my iPad. I like the pencil that I get to write stuff with on my iPad. I, I like this Bible that I use. I like that Bible. I, and not just because they're the word of God, like the way they feel, the way that they look. I, I like them for like aesthetic reasons. I, I like when I'm in my basement, I like the carpet that's in the basement. <laughs> as silly as that sounds. I like, it's cold in our basement. I like that it's cold in our basement. Uh, how many of you like cold weather? I like, I like the cold, but I, I have a heater, like a space heater that blows on me. I don't like being warm, but I like being cold with warm air blowing on me. Anybody? Maybe it's just me. I, I like that. And, and all of those things, none of those things are, are very spiritual, right? The, uh, the music that I have playing on my Alexa. None of those things are, are very spiritual things, but it makes this spot something that I I love it. When I get up in the morning, I start my pot of coffee. It's like, oh yeah, like do a little jig. Like I got my coffee coming. I'm going to spend time with God. Like it's, it's just, I, I love it. And, and again, I know, I understand that the primary and most important reason I do this is to spend time with God. Believe me, I get that. But all of these other things help so much. Because regardless of whether or not I'm sitting down here spending time with God, I I just enjoy being in this place. It's a spot that I, I enjoy spending time with him, a spot that I enjoy just being in.